Section 18 of Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Summer Days. Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World by Anonymous. Women of Otaheite. In Otaheite, an island in the southern ocean, we are presented with women of a singular character. As far as we can recollect, we think it is a pretty general rule, that whatever the sex are accustomed to be constantly clothed, they are ashamed to appear naked. Those of Otaheite seem, however, to be an exception to this rule. To show themselves in public, with or without clothing, appears to be to them a matter of equal indifference, and the exposition of any part of their bodies is not attended with the least backwardness or reluctance circumstances from which we may reasonably infer that among them clothes were not originally invented to cover shame but either as ornaments or as a defence against the cold but a still more striking singularity in the character of these women and which distinguishes them not only from the females of all other nations but likewise from those of almost all other animals is their performing in public those rites which in almost every other part of the globe are performed in privacy and retirement whether this is the effect of innocence or of a dissoluteness of manners to which no other people have yet arrived remains still to be discovered that they are dissolute even beyond anything we have hitherto recorded is but too certain as polygamy is not allowed among them to satisfy the lust of variety they have a society called arioi in which every woman is common to every man and when any of these women happens to have a child it is smothered in the moment of its birth that it may not interrupt the pleasures of its infamous mother but in this juncture should nature relent at so horrid a deed even then the mother is not allowed to save her child unless she can find a man who will patronize it as a father in which case the man is considered as having appropriated the woman to himself and she is accordingly extruded from this hopeful society these few anecdotes sufficiently characterize the women of this island. Crimcon of Claudia and Pompeia Our own times furnish us with an instance of a ceremony from which all women are carefully excluded, that is, masonry. But the Roman ladies, in performing the rites sacred to the good goddess, were even more afraid of the men than our masons are of women. For we are told by some authors that so cautious were they of concealment, that even the statues and pictures of men and other male animals were hoodwinked with a thick veil the house of the consul though commonly so large that they might have been perfectly secured against all intrusion in some remote apartment of it was obliged to be evacuated by all male animals and even the consul himself was not suffered to remain in it before they began their ceremonies every corner and lurking place in the house was carefully searched and no caution omitted to prevent all possibility of being discovered by impertinent curiosity or disturbed by presumptive intrusion but these cautions were not all the guard that was placed around them the laws of the romans made it death for any man to be present at the solemnity such being the precautions and such the penalties for ensuring the secrecy of the ceremony it was only once attempted to be violated though it existed from the foundation of the roman empire till the introduction of christianity and this attempt was made not so much perhaps with a view to be present at the ceremony as to fulfil an assignation with a mistress pompeia the wife of caesar having been suspected of a criminal correspondence with claudius 
and so closely watched that she could find no opportunity of gratifying her passion at last by the means of a female slave settled an assignation with him at the celebration of the rites of the good goddess claudius was directed to come in the habit of a singing girl a character he could easily personate being young and of a fair complexion as soon as the slave saw him enter she ran to inform her mistress the mistress eager to meet her lover immediately left the company and threw herself into his arms but could not be prevailed upon him to return so soon as he thought necessary for their mutual safety upon which he left her and began to take a walk through the rooms always avoiding the light as much as possible while he was thus walking by himself a maid-servant accosted him and desired him to sing he took no notice of her but she followed and urging him so closely that he was at last obliged to speak his voice betrayed his sex the maid-servant shrieked and running into the room where the rites were performing told that a man was in the house the women in the utmost consternation threw a veil over the mysteries ordered the doors to be secured and with lights in their hands ran about the house searching for the sacrilegious intruder they found him in the apartment of the slave who had admitted him drove him out with ignominy and though it was in the middle of the night immediately dispersed to give an account to their husbands of what had happened claudius was soon after accused of having profaned the holy rites but the populace declaring in his favour the judges fearing an insurrection were obliged to acquit him a word to a very nice class of ladies there is amongst us a female character not uncommon which we denominate the outrageously virtuous women of this stamp never fail to seize all opportunities of exclaiming in the bitterest manner against every one upon whom even the slightest suspicion of indiscretion or unchastity has fallen taking care as they go along to magnify every molehill into a mountain and every thoughtless freedom into the blackest of crimes but besides the illiberality of thus treating such as may frequently be innocent you may credit us dear countrywomen when we aver that such a behaviour instead of making you appear more virtuous only draws down upon you by those who know the world suspicions not much to your advantage your sex are in general suspected by ours of being too much addicted to scandal and defamation a suspicion which has not arisen of late years as we find in the ancient laws of england a punishment known by the name of ducking-stool, annexed to scolding and defamation in the women, though no such punishment nor crime is taken notice of in the men. This crime, however, we persuade ourselves, you are less guilty of than is commonly believed. But there is another of a nature not more excusable, from which we cannot so much exculpate you, which is that harsh and forbidding appearance you put on, and that ill-treatment which you no doubt think necessary for the illustration of your own virtue, you should bestow on every one of your sex who has deviated from the path of rectitude. A behavior of this nature, besides being so opposite to that meek and gentle spirit which should distinguish female nature, is in every respect contrary to the charitable and forgiving temper of the Christian religion, and infallibly shuts the door of repentance against an unfortunate sister, willing perhaps to abandon the vices into which heedless advertency had plunged her and from which none of you can promise yourselves an absolute security we wish not fair countrywomen like the declaimer and satirist to paint you all vice and imperfection nor like the venal panegyrist to exhibit you all virtue 
as impartial historians we confess that you have in the present age many virtues and good qualities which were either nearly or altogether unknown to your ancestors but do you not also exceed them in some follies and vices also is not the levity dissipation and extravagance of the women of this century arrived to a pitch unknown and unheard of in former times is not the course which you steer in life almost entirely directed by vanity and fashion and are there not too many of you who throwing aside reason and good conduct and despising the counsel of your friends and relations seem determined to follow the mode of the world however it may be mixed with vice do not the generality of you dress and appear above your station and are not many of you ashamed to be seen performing the duties of it to sum up all do not too too many of you act as if you thought the care of the family and the other domestic virtues beneath your attention and that the sole end for which you were sent into the world was to please and divert yourselves at the expense of those poor wretches the men whom you consider as obliged to support you in every kind of idleness and extravagance while such is your conduct and while the contagion is every day increasing you are not to be surprised if the men still fond of you as playthings in the hours of mirth and revelry ever shun serious connection with you and while they wish to be possessed of your charms are so much afraid of your manners and conduct that they prefer the cheerless state of a bachelor to the numberless evils arising from being tied to a modern wife end of section eighteen recording by summer days